Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick. I'm currently in my kitchen. I'm putting the last stuff back into the fridge. Just had breakfast, and I'm about to take a walk. The gurgling noise you hear in the background is one of the most wonderful devices ever made, which is my dishwasher, which saves me so much time. I think it's, I think it's at the end of its cycle, so I can soon... Get the stuff out again. Let's put the cheese back. Get some nice Gouda cheese, which is for the Dutch. One of the indispensable elements of my breakfast. There you go. Only had one cup of coffee, and I'm still a little bit sleepy. So let's go downstairs. I have a small technical problem that I can't solve now. You hear this? This is the sound of the fan in the bathroom. And normally when I turn off the light, it has a timer. And after five minutes, it will shut down. And this morning I woke up and I heard the sound of that fan. It turns out it doesn't shut down anymore automatically. So I guess the chip with the timer is broken. I have to unlock the door. I'm now on the, on the ground level of the directory, which is where we also have the parish secretariat. And that means this door is used by a lot of people. And so we need to make sure it is always locked. There are three locks on the door now. There have been quite a few break-ins in this neighborhood over the past few years. And sometimes they'll go as far as to completely remove the cylinder of the lock. At least in the last few months, there have been break-ins like that. And so we have three locks. <laughs> they could still, in theory, open that door, but it would take them a long, long time. It's a cloudy day. It's been raining all night. Everything is very wet. There's some early people on their bikes... A guy walking his dog and his bike, and uh, on my left is the new neighborhood that they've been building, or still are building, although the houses are more or less complete now. All these new houses have solar panels to generate electricity. I don't like the color combination on the rooftops, though. They used orange tiles, and then you've got these big black patches of solar panels. I'd always go for black tiles on the roof if you want to do black, big uh, solar panels. But anyway, it's better than nothing. And so this is a pretty big block of houses. It um, creates a lot of noise. So for more than half a year now, they've been building there. Fortunately, I guess they must have had some complaints lately. They used to start uh, like a quarter to seven with all the uh, trucks, etc., and people getting ready for work. They put on their, their radios, and uh, it's just a lot of noise. And now lately I, I noticed that they are starting at 8 instead of 7. So <laughs> there are perhaps some other people that leave, e live even closer, like on the other side of the block that they're constructing, and they may have intervened, which means I don't have to. Nice. As I said, cloudy day. Um, still have some work to do this morning. At 11, I'll have to record a number of presentations. 
for a small series I've been doing um, for uh, a charity. Well, it's actually, it's, yeah, it is a charity, I think. It's an organization that supports charities. And they have a new campaign, and uh, they've been asking me to do a number of short videos about the projects that they, uh, that they support. And for me, the, the uh, I mean, that totally matches the mission that I feel I have. These are the kind of good things that I want to highlight. We need more positivity in the world and showing how people are actually trans transforming their world, even though these are sometimes very small projects. I think that may hopefully inspire more of us to do the same. Um, but, of course, <laughs> I don't have much time or at least, no, I do have plenty of time. But my priorities are now focused on uh, our own Tridio projects, on the documentaries, the monthly uh, bigger videos that I want to do, as well as the podcasts and uh, some more projects that are in the making, which meant that I um, outsourced it to someone else, Hugo, uh, who is a cameraman that I work with a lot. And... Uh, He's very good at doing these smaller um, personal portraits, you could say. So he's a good interviewer, um, and he knows to tell a small intimate story uh, of, of what motivates people. And so in order to um, still have kind of my mark on the, on the productions on the series, I do the intro and the outro, and uh, I provide the voiceover. Turned out to be a much harder project to realize than we had initially thought. I'm all for maximum efficiency, so when I uh, create video, I usually try to squeeze out as many uh, episodes or as much video as I can. A recent example, of course, is the trip to Rome, where um, in addition to doing the pilgrimage, I was also filming for three television episodes, one of which has already aired this past week, um, and two are going to be aired, one in uh, October, the other one in November. Still have to go back once more to Rome, um, but I was also very happy to to um, be able to arrange it in such a way that I only have to go for two days. So I'll be leaving on Monday like in two weeks from now, and I'll return on Tuesday already, which means only one night in Rome. Um, it's not that I don't like to be in Rome, it's that having to go back to do some extra filming to complete these episodes is just, it's kind of wasted time. I, I could completely do these episodes with the material that I currently have, but contractually I was um, asked to go and visit a number of the theology students that are going on a pilgrimage there. And so I need to be there. But I was able to concentrate everything on one afternoon, do some interviews, walk a little bit with them. That will give me ample footage to complete the episode. And that's the kind of efficiency that I like. It's, uh, you know, you get results, but uh, it's, it's just, it's been a couple of days of filming and then you've got three episodes. Uh, with these um, shorter episodes for the for that series about the projects, um, the uh, the the downside of that uh, of that project was that we had to go 
or Hugo had to go to so many different places in, in our country, and he had to arrange all those interviews himself. Um, didn't get much help from the people at the um, organization that is supporting these projects. Uh, and they've been busy, etc. I mean, so all very understandable, but it was much more work than he anticipated. It's kind of one of the risks of, of being in television sometimes. It's more work than you would want to. You want to focus on, on doing the interviews and filming. But nowadays, they just want you to do everything. And so m most of the time, we're doing the work of three or four people in, in just a couple of years ago. You know, I never had to make the appointments and come up with interview questions or even write my own text. All that was taken care of by the editors. They've all been fired and none of them are left. And now it's just, okay, here's some money. Go Now go make an episode and figure it out. <laughs> Which, uh, as I mentioned in my last episode, is something I have to put boundaries around. Otherwise, it's the only thing that I'm doing. And that is not what I feel is my mission. Um, speaking of last week, I shared with you those three decisions that I took based on the insights I had over the past few uh, weeks. And I have to, uh, I, well, I can report that uh, things are going well. Of course, it's only not, it's barely a week after I recorded the, the previous episode. But one of the biggest or perhaps most important decision uh, was to put my health first. I realized that I'd been uh, burning the candle at both ends, as they say. I've been investing way too much into uh, finishing uh, or uh, completing all those, all, all those commitments that I made sometimes months, sometimes a year ago. And my biggest um, concern was how to prevent this, all this work um, uh, how, how do I prevent that from jeopardizing my health? And health was going down in two areas, mainly. It's just, I never really ha took the time to work out. I always say, I took the time, because this is all about decisions. It's not about having time. I have plenty of time. What it takes is to commit it to the things that are truly important. So I I didn't do that, and so I'm more out of shape than I wanted to. And then I was also gaining way too much weight because I didn't work, because I didn't sleep enough. That's another big factor in weight gain. Um, and because when you don't sleep enough, you have a tendency to eat more. Hello, train. Good morning. <laughs> um, I, I'm heavier than I want to be. And so I know exactly how to get rid of those pounds, and that's what I'm currently doing. And I am happy to report that I've already lost four pounds, two kilos in uh, the past week and a half, just by eating less and working out more. It's as simple as that. So I'm pretty content with that. I do feel better now. Even though this past week was, and that's the only, perhaps the only flaw in my plan, I wanted to take a week off after Rome and after completing that television episode. I marked in my calendar that I would take a week off and just do the bare minimum of things. And then by a number of circumstances, the week was full of work. I had so much work. 
Um, like on Wednesday, normally I try to take some, some time off, go to the movies, for instance, just go for a longer hike. I wanted to, I, I've been wanting to go on a big walk. I, wanted, I miss walking these long distances. Um, and then the evening before, I have this list of extra work that I need to do for television. And it involves filming, it involves voiceovers. And uh, I was not happy with that. <laughs> that was really frustrating because for filming, the weather needs to be good. So you, I had to wait for a you know, good moment during the day to go out and film. And then that's something I do by myself, which is also much more stressful because uh, you're basically standing in the middle of nowhere with a camera and a tripod and uh, trying to memorize the lines. And then uh, you have to make sure that the light is good, that there's no traffic in the background, no airplanes flying overhead, um, that the image is good, which I can control via my phone. There is a Wi-Fi connection that enables me to see on the screen of my phone what the camera is seeing. But even then, I have to be very careful that it is actually focusing on my face and not incidentally on the background. This is still a relatively new camera that I'm uh, getting to know. And I don't know. It was just, it's much, it, it sounds easy. It's just a few lines. And yet it takes me almost an entire afternoon. And so, uh, I, I don't know, there were a number of other things I had something fun planned for Thursday, um, which was I'd, I'd received an invitation to uh, go to the VIP opening of the new Star Wars Identities Exposition, which is an um, international exposition that uh, has been visiting many countries. I think they were in Germany uh, about half a year ago. Now they're in the Netherlands. It's this exposition with a lot of the props and the costumes and the models from the Star Wars movies. And, uh, but they also uh, have this interactive element in it where it explains that the movies are all about, about the choices you make and that forges your identity. And so you can make, you can choose, you pick the race you want to be. You want to be a Wookiee or a human or a Twi'lek or whatever. Is it Twi'lek or Twi'lek? I don't know. Twilight? Twi'lek? <laughs> um, and uh, and then during the exposition, you, you can go to these inter interactive panels and make some more cha changes and choices, and then it, it will result in your Jedi or whatever Star Wars character at the end of the expo. Um, and they had told me that I could bring some guests. In, oh, that's a dead mouse on the pavement. I guess has been attacked by a cat or perhaps a bird. Or a dog, for that matter. Hello, train number one. Number two, sorry. And so uh, I could take three guests, and immediately I thought of my nephews. Um, I've got the oldest son of my sister. Um, he likes Star Wars, and then I've got my brother's uh, sons. And they are they don't only like Star Wars, but they love Star Wars. They're very much like uh, my brother and I were at their age. And they now have the age that we had when those first movies premiered. And so it's fun to see that this story still appeals to uh, the next generation as well, which is very rare in the movie and the storytelling industry. There are only a few 
stories that do that, like The Hobbit and Tolkien and some of C.S. Lewis stuff, although I'm not even sure if that's that popular among the younger generation nowadays. But uh, so I'd, I'd invited them to come over. Um, my brother also uh, came along. However, I was, I'd been so busy that it, instead of it just being something I looked forward to, it was just this other thing in my calendar. And uh, I kind of subconsciously, you keep thinking of, oh, like tonight I got to be there in time and etc. And then the moment I step into my car to go get uh, Jonathan, so it's my sister's oldest son, um, it, it's already getting dark outside. I turn on the lights of my car and then the lights don't turn on. And for whatever reason, the lights are broken. And I was like, no, I've had a lot of margin. I, I had ample time to go there. But now I had this problem. I was like, how do, how do I get there safely? I need to replace these lamps. I'd already learned how to do the, la- the, the rear lights once because they broke time. This is a very old car uh, that I've, I've been given by one of my parishioners who didn't drive anymore. Um, and it's, it's a perfectly fine Ford, but it is old. And so things are starting to break down and those lights are, you know, one of the early symptoms of, uh, <laughs> uh the old life. And so, or let's say the, the, the car is just, yeah, starting to show all these little signs of aging. Um, and I, so I knew how to fix the backlights what what problem is it to fix the other the lights in the front? Well, it turns out that that was a whole lot more difficult. So while I was trying to unscrew the the all sorts of things under the hood to get to the lights, because that's a problem. And then I figured I found out that I didn't have enough spare lights to replace them. At that point, uh, one of my parishioners uh, arrived and he had to check something in the in the in the rectory. And so he sees me uh, struggling and tries to help. And then he says, well, just take my car. You're never going to be able to fix this today. So I took his car. Uh, it just, I mean, it all, it all worked out fine. And it was a wonderful experience. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it on Geek Week, uh, what, the, what my impressions were of that expo. But it was just extra stress that I wasn't really in the mood for. And so uh, yesterday, Friday, I, um, I had uh, not much in my calendar. I had planned on doing some editing, but uh, I just, I was too tired. I just, there are these days where it's almost as if once all the commitments are done, then you realize how tired you, am, you are. And so Friday, I was just, no matter how many cups of coffee I would drink, I would still be completely blah, like no energy. And so uh, I was just sitting at my desk and all of a sudden I, I get this idea. It was the Feast of the Archangels, which is a feast that not many people are familiar with in the Catholic tradition. It celebrates uh, the Gabriel and Raphael and, uh, and Michael, the three most important angels. And... I, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, I have something with... I can do something with this. I've got this uh, Doctor Who Lego set that I haven't built yet. 
which has the TARDIS, and then you've got the interior of the TARDIS. It's a really, really cool Lego set that I bought in Boston in January of the last year, uh, when it was so freaking cold out there. Uh, and uh, I never got around to building it, never really had a, a reason to sit down and build it. So thinking Weeping Angels, because there was a, a Weeping Angel as part of, this is part of the lore of Doctor Who, in case you're not uh, familiar with it. So these are statues of angels they come, uh, come across, and they're actually aliens, and, but they can only move when nobody's watching. And so if you blink, they will actually get closer to you and, and attack you. But So you have to keep your eyes open all the time. There's a nice Labrador dog here walking slower than I am. He's probably also still tired this early in the morning. So, um, and, and I was like, I just felt this kind of this creative, uh, uh, let's say, sense I have, uh, like this sixth sense, sense, that I can turn that into a story. And there's another dog with a squeaky ball that he's running after <laughs> in the wet grass. Why not? So, um, I just felt that there was a story there. I could do a video about archangels, do something uh, of a bit of an explanation of what angels are. And so I started to build the Lego set. And uh, that took me about two and a half hours. It was a much more complicated set. A beautiful build, though, by the way. Oh, I love... Just while I'm building it, I was thinking, this is so cleverly designed. It's so amazing what they can do with all these standard blocks. I mean... Just, there are just a few printed parts that are specific to the set, but all the rest is just built with regular Lego Lego stones. And, and one of the joys of, of working with Lego is that you get to admire the, the skill of the designers. And it's like you're building something, and you're like, wow, I never thought when I did this and this and this, it would come together and create this. So it's a lot of fun. And then uh, it, it was already somewhat later in the afternoon... Um, and I knew that I didn't have time to do real animation. That's one of the big issues that I struggle with when it comes to these Lego series is just the sheer amount of time it takes to animate, uh, especially if you want to do um, stop motion, which is what a lot of these Lego videos are known for. Uh, that is just a ton of work. Like every single movement is one frame, and they're 30 frames per second. So you have to take 30 pictures per second. Multiply that by 60 if you are doing a one-minute video, or in my case, 120. Uh, it creates uh, just a whole bunch of <laughs> whole bunch of animations. And so I knew that if I would go. If I would try to do that, it would just take forever. So instead, I took some photos. Didn't even uh, use my Canon uh, ATD. Even that is was just too much work. And so I just used my phone, my iPhone, which has, you know, a pretty okay macro setting. However, I, I noticed afterwards while editing that it still was some of the photos were blurry. But you know, it kind of worked. Um, turned that into video and uploaded that at around 9.30, I think, in the, in the evening. Which, of course, way too late. But this is supposed to be a topical video. It's uh, a piece of the Archangels, but the day was almost over. And so the result is that it didn't really catch on. 
I posted it was it was also Friday and people are not very active on social media on Friday at least compared to the other days of the week so all in all it was a it was a fun little project a bit of a squirrel in the sense that it was a like a spur of the moment idea but I also I was kind of allowing myself to do this because I didn't have energy to to do like real editing anyway I was just too tired so that that kept me busy on Friday and at least I finished the story and I consider it to be a little bit of a reminder to myself that this is a uh, one of the projects that are coming up and that I want to do this differently <laughs> uh, I know that Lego is a um, one, one of the well, perhaps the type of videos that people ask me most to do uh, because they're used in, in families, they're used in schools with a whole broad range of, of ages that I can never really reach with any other video. Uh, but Lego seems to work for such a, a, a big crowd. Uh, but I also know if I want to do this correctly, I need to um, find people that can help me do this in a professional way. And... It's like, you know, a series like The Simpsons or Futurama or you, you name it. Um, those are never the work of just one person. There's a whole team of writers. There's a team of animators. And since one of the, one of the things that I now do <laughs> is, is working in a professional way, I knew that if I wanted to bring this to the next level, I need to have other people do the bulk of the work and let me sit at, at the creative side creating the stories coming up with the visuals but not the actual animation itself which as you can imagine is going to be much more costly than doing everything by yourself but it is also going to save me a lot of the personal cost um, which frees me up to do other projects and more projects and that's kind of the whole that's one of the other decisions that I took it's like the editing, outsourcing that, hiring other people, investing money, and having other people do the editing for me so that I don't have to is a very important decision for me because it will free me up to do more. So I, um, I made an appointment with a good friend of mine, uh, John Gruter. Um, he works for a small company that he runs with his wife. And Christine, they make a lot of uh, uh, a variety of television programs. They've been in the business for, for like most of their lives. Um, way back in, the, in, in when I was still a young media student, uh, I did my internship, and they already were were doing the kind of work that they do now. However, John has also done animation. They do educational projects for schools, um, and his his editor, the guy that he works with a lot, um, is also really multi-talented, just like John. And uh, they have built a rig with uh, cameras, lights, etc. for this kind of stop-motion animation. So they have much more experience with this. But they also have a um, professional mindset. So they can estimate what it would take to make this. This is what they do. You know, it's when the uh, a, a educational publisher approaches them and and orders a series of 20 videos, like 20 animations, they know exactly how to go about to make that happen. Those are the kind of people that I need. That's the kind of skill that I don't have. 
I just know uh, I've got an idea for a story. I've got a Lego set. Let's start building and we'll see where we'll see what happens. That is not the kind of approach you can take when you want to deliver something that holds up to, you know, professional scrutiny. And I want to do something. I want to do a really good job with these Lego videos because I know that they have such a broad audience and that they will be used for years to come or will be able to be used for years to come. So I'll, um, I'll have a meeting with them half October um, to start mm, kind of sketching out the broad... What we're going to do is create a pilot first, a few video episodes, which I then can use to, do, to raise money. Because this is going to be um, one of the bigger projects that I've ever done. But I, in my, I think I've already shared this. What I would like to do is to do a small a catechism, what they used to, used to call a catechism in the Catholic Church, which is like a compendium of what do, what do Catholics believe? What do we believe as a community? But also to be able to share that with other people that are not familiar with the Catholic faith. You know, what do Catholics believe and why? Um, but I want to do that in a fun way, in a language that kids and parents understand and is super accessible and lends itself to multiple translations. And of course, if you do it, animation, Lego, you can put any voiceover under it um, and it will work. And so it's in so many ways, I think, the project for me to tackle. Um, So we'll do a, a few pilot episodes and then hopefully next year we'll be able to have the funds necessary to uh, make this to make this happen and I really think that this for the Catholic Lego world this could be a a, a, a Bishop Barron type of <laughs> enterprise you know he did this big series about Catholicism and it's been extremely and it still is extremely helpful to um, RCIAs to um, uh, parishes that are um, educating people it's used in schools it's used individually well, what he did with that series of Catholicism, where he went all around the world filming, etc., did a terrific job. I want to do that in the Lego world. <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. What time is it? It's now 10 o'clock. I've got my appointment at 11, which means I have to start running very soon. Because I'm just warming up. That's why I'm recording this. Like it took half an hour to warm up stretch my legs a little bit I'll do half an hour of running and then I'll have some time to take a shower get dressed and we'll do the videos uh, one final thing is I've also decided to uh, at least for now uh, move the podcast production to Saturdays that was the original day on which I would do a lot of live streaming in the afternoon um, and I'm going back to that because I've noticed that it uh, Saturday can be one of those days where I, I cleaned the house, and uh, I, I'd originally scheduled the afternoon to prepare for talks. And so if I would go to, to parishes or other places to have a talk, then on, uh, on Saturday afternoon I would travel and I'd prepare the talks. But since I don't do talks this next, well, at least for the next foreseeable future, I, um, I have that time... Um, I have extra time, so why not put the podcast there? Uh, that'll allow more people to join the live stream on Facebook as well, which is fun, always fun. And uh, and it will free up the rest of the week. I don't have to worry about the podcast anymore. So that's why I'm recording this on a Saturday morning. And uh, 
I'm, I think I'm on the right track. I feel good about uh, uh, the decisions that I took. I think I've got, especially I'm, I'm glad with my mindset. Now, the, it's like we go for having, a, I want to be in my expert zone or my whatever, excellent zone. I, I forgot that. I haven't read the book, The Big Leap, but it's the, this kind of thing. Well, do what you are really, truly called to, what you're doing really, really well. All the rest, the things that you can just do because you can't do it, but someone else could do it, outsource it. That's my mindset right now, and that's, I think, the only mindset that will lead to the realization of um, a, a lot of the ideals and the dreams and the uh, and the, the goals that I have. So um, I'm feeling good about that. And hopefully um, from now on, with the new focus on the things that I truly want to do, that will generate energy. That's, that's the big thing about uh, living the dream in a certain way. If you truly do what you're supposed to do, what you're called to do, what you're good at, that gives you energy instead of robbing it from uh, robbing you from energy. And the moment something is just draining and doesn't give anything back, that's always a sign that you have to think twice about what you're actually doing. Um, anyway, that's that's it for today. Uh, go over to tridio.com for more shows. And uh, again, a big thank you to all you, all of you that are supporting me by listening, by caring. Um, but also those of you that are praying and those of you that are supporting me financially the patrons, the donors uh, your help is what makes this possible and that gives me the confidence to dream big and I cannot do this without you I can't do this without collaborators and together I think we'll we'll do great things so thank you and see you later take care and God bless